Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. All right. I know you hate wind. I know that it frightens you that when the winds blow, you leave your house, you go to friends' homes (laughs) in order to sleep so that even if you have to sleep on the floor, your husband sleeps through it because he has the gift of peace, but you... (laughs) (laughs) I don't like winds. But you don't like winds. But you used the Bible to help you plan a cruise to avoid wind. Is that right? Yes. Actually, in Acts chapter 27, we will encounter this strange, violent wind that comes in the Mediterranean Sea at a particular season of the year. It's called Uraculo, and actually the translation here says Northeaster. What okay. do we call that here in the United States? A, a nor'easter. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, but this is a very violent wind. So, I was going to take a cruise in the Mediterranean Sea, and I had already seen this chapter, preached on it, and mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm going to look exactly what season this Uraculo comes, <laughs> and we're not going to go during that time. We're going to go way before that to make sure that uh, when I'm in the Mediterranean Sea, I- <laughs> you're going to learn from Paul's mistake, right? Absolutely. And you're not going to be shipwrecked like this man was, no, sirree. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And and so when I I go to this story actually has a very personal application for me because I use this chapter to actually schedule it. Yeah. <laughs> schedule a cruise. That's good. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard that. And I, believe me, I've read the Bible all my life and I've never heard anybody use this pur- that purpose. But hey, it worked for you, so why not? Yes. So we are in Acts chapter 27 and Paul is on his way to Rome and they're actually stuck in a little island called Crete. It's not that little. It's, no. it's a small island, but they're actually in a little town um, and the town is called Fair Havens. And this is such a small town that they don't think they can actually go through the winter there because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of resources in the town. Yeah, they can't they can't survive the winter there, they're afraid. So they need to get out of there and get to a better place. Yeah, actually they're aiming for, a, you can read all this on your own, they're aiming for a little town that is only a couple hours away in the same island and the port is called Phoenix, you know, mm-hmm. like Arizona, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is uh, Paul says, we shouldn't go now because the winds are starting. And why don't we start reading in chapter 27, verse 10. Verse 10, it says here, uh, as soon as I find 10, I'll read it. Oh, and, and said to them, men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion was persuaded with the pilot. And so the pilot says in verse 12, let's go to Phoenix, you know, this port mm-hmm. that is only a few hours away. And when a moderate south wind came, they all went, even though Paul told them not to go. Yeah. Again, this was supposed to be a journey of two hours. It reminds me of Gilligan Island. Yes, you exactly know, a like three that. Three-hour cruise. Yes, and it, it turned out to be a, a terrible tragedy. Now, verse fourteen is where it starts. Before very long, there rushed down from the land a violent wind called Uraquila. Mm-hmm. This is the northeastern or nor'easter or whatever yeah, you call you it. Yeah, there you go. Here. Good for you. Okay. When the ship was caught in it and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. And now, of course, this is in first-person plural because Luke is talking about yeah. it as if he's actually… He's on board. Uh, he's talking we about think it like he was. Yeah. yeah. And now this terrible development progression of desperation starts happening around them because they can't control the ship. Yeah, in fact, you know, uh, th- that's an important point because no matter what they do here, nothing works. They are absolutely 
powerless to save themselves. And that is a key to, I think, understanding all of this. Yes. They try everything, but nothing is going to work for them. Verse 17, they do all they can with the ship. They 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 work with the cables, all of it. It's not working. Mm-hmm. Verse 18, the next day, uh, they start throwing away the cargo. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, this is a cargo ship, and they're throwing away the cargo. So, so they're saying, you know what? We don't care about the owner's money. We got to get out of this alive. So they're throwing over overboard the cargo. And this may be, uh, you know, in today's dollars, thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Absolutely. And on the third day, verse 19, they threw the tackle. Mm-hmm. Now, so now you can see the progression of desperation. First, they try with the ship. Then they give away the cargo. Then the tackle. Now, the tackle was a way that they were going to survive because they were going to uh, fish the this time for their own food, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But they say, you know what? We just need to stay alive, mm-hmm. and, and this is not happening. We got to make this boat as light as possible. We cannot sink. We've got to stay above. And now, above in verse water. twenty, they actually become hopeless. Since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small storm was assailing us, from then on, all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. They had lost hope. We're going to die right here in the midst of the sea. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to us right now can identify with these people. This progression of desperation. You do everything you can mm-hmm. to with what you have. And then you start, you know, giving away things. And they're saying, you know what? I don't care about that. But if I could at least survive this. And at one point, you become hopeless. Yeah. Have you ever been hopeless? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that most people have gone through something where they've, uh, they've come close to giving up hope or they've actually given up hope, thinking this is going to be my end. This will be my ruin. And, you know, at that point, you let go of everything else, everything that seems superfluous to you, all your hopes, your dreams, you just want to survive. I just got to get out of this. I got to survive. And in the middle of all of this, Paul comes with a message. And he says to them that God has appeared to them, that he has sent an angel to tell him. And he actually has good news. And we're going to start... Verse 23 is where this starts. It says, For this very night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who are sailing with you. He's granted you all those who are sailing with you. In other words, not one will be lost. Therefore... Keep up your courage, men, for I believe, God, that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. Okay, so here comes Paul with the message that they will all survive. And, of course, he says, be encouraged, because Mm -hmm. this is not the end. God has told me this. I am going to make it to Rome. Now, a few more days go by, and verse 27 says, the 14th night came. I mean, how would you like to be in a storm for 14 days? You know, I've been on board a cruise ship, again, that we did not avoid the winds, Mm -hmm. and so it was being tossed to and fro, but it only lasted a day, you know, and we were okay. Mm -hmm. It was kind of fun watching people try to walk down the halls as they all looked like they were, you know, weaving back and forth. That's not fun. But (laughs) here we have 14th... uh, I enjoyed it. Well, I wouldn't have. (laughs) So we have 14 days, and people are starting to become desperate. Now, don't forget that Paul has already said that they are going to all be saved, that mm-hmm. no one will die. And verse 30 shows uh, our human nature of trying to uh, uh, find a way out ourselves. Yeah, the sailors are, are saying, you know, forget the rest of you guys. We're getting out of here. Verse 30, it says, but uh, as the sailors were trying to escape from the ship, they were basically lowering down the, the lifeboats. They're getting off this thing. Uh, and I let down the ship's boats into the sea on the pretense of intending to lay out anchors from the, the bow. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, unless these men remain in the ship, Ship, uh, you yourselves cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it fall away. Yeah, what Paul is saying is that we're going to 
get out of here, not because you guys were smart or mm-hmm. skilled or mm-hmm. because you have good boats. We're going to get out of here because God has promised to find a way out for us. And this is where this whole chapter starts getting very theological, not just simply historical telling it. But uh, Luke is using a deliberate language that talks about salvation. And actually, Paul is going to do something very interesting here to encourage them because nobody's eating because they're all mm-hmm. so afraid. Yeah. Uh, in fact, let's take a look here. Verse 33, until the day was about to dawn, Paul was encouraging them all to take some food, saying, today is the 14th day that you have been constantly watching and going without eating, having taken nothing. Therefore, I encourage you to take some food, for this is for your preservation, for not a hair from the head of any of you will perish. Having said this, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of all, and he broke it and began to eat. Now, this This is very interesting because Luke deliberately uses the same verbs of what is called the Eucharist, the Last Supper of Jesus, when he tries to tell the disciples that he's about to die in their place and that they can have the assurance uh, of the coming kingdom because his body is going to be broken for them. And so here, look at these verbs. He took the bread. He gave thanks. The verb gave Mm -hmm. thanks is Eucharisteo. uh, That's the place where Eucharist comes from or Mm -hmm. communion or the Last Supper. And he broke the bread and began to eat. Now, look how it's exactly the same words are used in Luke chapter 19. Uh, yeah, chapter 22. Uh, I'm sorry, 22 verse, verse 19. 19. It mm-hmm. says, And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, all the scholars believe that here Luke is using a language far beyond simply saying that Paul took bread and ate it, but that he actually is reminded them of the salvation that is coming through Jesus Christ. Again, the progression is they are in crisis. They've done everything they can do to humanly survive. They finally abandon all hope, and then they put their hope in God. And, and it is through accepting the bread of Jesus Christ that we find our way out of the crisis. That is what the Eucharist is about. It is through Absolutely. His sacrifice, His body, His shed blood. The book of Acts ends with uh, Paul exactly where he was supposed to be, in Rome, witnessing about Jesus Christ. The last two verses of the book tell us that God did accomplish uh, his mission and his vision for Paul. Um, uh, Verse 30, And he stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness, unhindered. And this is the way that the book actually closes. So what can we say to people that are losing all hope today? What we say to you is that your hope is found in Jesus Christ. He has foreseen the difficulty of your life. He has seen that all of your efforts have failed. And in fact, they will fail. And he is offering to you the one hope, and that is the hope of himself. He is the sacrifice. He is the salvation. And he is your only hope and surety. Be encouraged. There's one way to salvation. He provided it through the broken body of Jesus. He has a plan for your life, and he has promised to see you through whatever difficulty you are going through. So don't become helpless. Actually, be encouraged. Be encouraged because the one who has given you strength is the one who will see you through. It doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. Yes, they will happen because that happens to all of us. But the one who has won your salvation is with you and will not forsake you. He will see you through to his kingdom. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101 Media.
Until next time, live free.